Yes, yes, welcome to Conversations of the Heart. It is your boy, t Tell. Appreciate you tuning in. Back again, we got a special guest, Mr. Christopher James, a.k.a. Mr. C. Um, So we're going to get into it. We're going to have some good, good conversation. And you can catch this also, this podcast also on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and a few others. So rock with me. I see Mr. C is here right here. Yeah. Ah, my man, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you been? You. I've been good, man. I can't complain, man. You looking out there? You looking sharp, man? You out there looking sharp, baby? Listen, listen. <laughs> when, when, when it comes, just the thought of being on T tail, and, and I know T tail be dressing in them tuxedos. <laughs> And he got the brand, and he got the logo with the tie. I mean, I got to at least man. come with an open collar. I, I got to be presentable. Otherwise, you know, you might end the interview. I don't want to be like Tommy Hilfiger on Oprah and get kicked off the show. <laughs> Yo, listen, man. Uh, uh, number one, I appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, you didn't have to, but I, I definitely appreciate you doing this, man. So for those who don't know, uh, you know, this is Christopher James, a.k.a. Mr. C. You know what I'm saying? And um, I had to... Um, take a little bit of notes here because I'm just going to ramble off a couple of just your titles because um, you have a lot. Um, so oh, you, on, you, are, you are a co-founder of the YesR Radio. Um, uh-huh. D, you know, DJ, your host live with Mr. C. Please go check that out. Uh, president of, of Serious People Music. Shout out to Serious. Uh, you're an ordained minister, a McDonald's Gospel Fest male vocalist finalist, a film producer, um, I mean, man, uh, an award-winning uh, uh, radio announcer from the Spin Awards. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, um, I have to take a breath because you're also a father. You know what I'm saying? You are a husband. I mean, uh, your resume is definitely long. It's it's absolutely long, brother. I do okay, um, and, man. I do okay. and, and, and I'm going to add one. You are the Barry Gordy. You know of of of, of this Christian hip hop man, like you are. Oh, stop. <laughs> you are an no amazing way. guy, man. Uh, an amazing brother. Um, you know somebody that uh, you know, I've always uh, you know, I was able to converse with. You know, have such um important conversations with. You know, what I'm saying somebody that we can always just bounce things off of each other. You know, iron sharpens iron. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's nobody else. You know, I. When I was doing the show, I said, I know I have to get Mr. C on. Eventually, it's got to be the right time. It's got to be the right moment. Um, so, again, thank you, sir, uh, for doing this um, oh, man. This conversation that we're about to get into. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember um, a couple of years ago, I had you on live with Mr. C, and that was yeah. great. Um, even that at too. that time, honestly, with the technical difficulty, you probably didn't know what was going on. I had a lot of sound issues, audio issues going mm-hmm. on, and we still pulled it off. I think you knew something yeah. was happening, but, yeah. but like, you know, for a great guest like you, I'm like, ain't it, it's it's like there's no problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and I appreciate uh, you, and, and I appreciate you having me on live with Mr. C. Man, that was something that was amazing, an amazing um, oh, yeah. an opportunity uh, for, for 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 me, you know, um, to do your show. And you know, now we fast forward, you know, now Man, I, and now you and I now you do my show. 
I mean, I couldn't miss this, man. There was no way I was going to miss it. And, you know, um, for those who don't know, this was supposed to happen a lot sooner. However, my um, my mother passed away in July. So that kind of, um, you know, yeah. that derailed, or shall I say, you know, that jackknifed the whole thing. Um, you know, that, that, the whole initial thing. Because I was supposed to come on a lot sooner and do this. Um, mm-hmm. The funny thing is, when I was going through everything, I was like, yo, T-Till, man. I'll just do it like the night before I drive out. Ain't gonna be no problem. And then like the days approach, I'm like, uh, this is not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, I was this like, not uh, gonna work. I was I, like, I still uh, wanted to support my brother and uh, cause I've seen other episodes before this one, and um, and there's some heavy hitters, um, you know, brothers not afraid to talk about real issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, basically uh, putting their vulnerabilities out there. I'm just sitting here like, wow, powerful yeah. stuff on this platform. Yes, sir, yes, so. You know, my goal is to come on, and it's not even about a competition. You know, no. we all need a push. There's some young person, some maybe some high school, maybe some college uh, young person out there right now, a college kid, or, co- you know, mm-hmm. a college man, a college woman that needs to hear something mm-hmm. that's going to push them over the uh, the hill to get mm-hmm. to their destination in, 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 as far as the college education, but then just to kick off what's coming for them next after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't know what's That's coming next. <laughs> of many things, of many things, yeah, many nah. other areas I can cover as well. But we're gonna cover. Oh yeah, but that's oh yeah, one. that's just one aspect of it. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, so I purposely left off one title, and you know, you've been in the IT pro- pro- profession for a very long time, and yep. you know, many and many people may not know that because I mean, as like I said, your resume is long, sir. Um, you know, they know the Mister C, Lavin Mister C. They know that guy, you know, they know the minister, they know that guy, you know, like they know the CEO, the film producers, you know, the artist, mm-hmm. the singer, the rapper, you know, everything, you know, but you've right. been in the IT in- industry for a long time. So just talk to me about how you got started um, in that field. Right. And then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'll take it back from when I was a kid, man, you know, um, Atari 2600, I'm giving away my age probably. <laughs> Uh, you know, Atari 2600, um, you think about, like, ColecoVision, you think about, like, Commodore 64. I mean, any video game I can get my hands on, I just love playing, right? Wow. So without understanding the work it takes in your head as a kid, you dream, like, oh, I'm going to be – I want to create games. I want to do this. I wanna, mm-hmm. But video games was a passion of mine. And, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. that was just the way it was when we were coming up. You go to the arcade, you go to the pizzeria. Uh, I grew up in Brooklyn as far as boroughs. I was born in the Bronx, but I grew up in Brooklyn. So – you go mm-hmm. to certain, even the, even certain suspect spots, if you know what I'm saying, that had video games, you would go yep. there. Wherever the hot video game was, you you go play that video game. And there was rivals in the neighborhood who was best at winning. So that's where it all started for me. And mm-hmm. um, basically, uh, of course, we're going to go back and forth to childhood. To, but fast forwarding, when I um, yeah. got to high school and you start thinking about what you want to major in, like, it could be business or it could be computer science because of the love for, you know, computers and video games and things like that. So mm-hmm. ultimately, in undergrad, I uh, chose computer science as my major. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, there's going to be some transparent stuff I'm going to say, and I'll probably start saying it right now. My mm-hmm. grades, because I didn't really study in high school. I was the type of guy was, um I played high school basketball. I ran high school track. Um, so I was the athlete and also wanted to just experience everything. For, so studying really wasn't, well, it was a priority for me. So I went to school. Mm-hmm. I didn't cut school. I went to, I went to class. I mm-hmm. did my homework. 
most of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> but studying really wasn't a priority. I just wanted to mm-hmm. just do the work, pass the courses, and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So my grades, as far as being this academic genius or whatever, because I, I want to break the stereotypes. Right. Oh, you got to have a 4.0. Oh, if you're going to be a computer science major, you have to go to Stanford, which is like Stanford University is like top five in the country and everything as far as like, you know, business, computer science, right. engineering, whatever. MIT, you know, uh, you know, locally in New York City, Cooper Union, which a lot of, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, uh, people, you know, a lot of kids get accepted. Years past, Cooper Union, I found this out way after I graduated. Cooper Union, if you got accepted, they had you on a full ride by default. You just wow. had to keep on, you know, you had to do your thing and not slip. But you, was, right. you had a full scholarship. I think they changed it now. Things like, because of, I guess, the economy or whatever. I'm not sure if things change. Mm-hmm. But at one point, yeah, you were getting a full ride if you got into Cooper Union, which is like a high-powered um, engineering school here in New York City. That, you know, right. the people that are involved in computer science or, elect- you know, electrical engineering, mechan- they know about that school. I didn't know about mm-hmm. it years after, but it's a powerful school. Um, but, yeah, I want to break the stereotype because um, my journey to get into this field is probably not like your average person that had a 4.0, 3.7, 3.8. Mm-hmm. They did their mm-hmm. assignments on time. They knew coding. I mean, I went through it, but it was um, it was a struggle for me because my study habits in college wasn't all that great. But I, mm-hmm. I, but my uh, my willingness to battle was there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now... Going through college, um, I hit a lot of my pitfalls. There are certain courses I actually took twice. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be transparent. A lot of people are like, oh, well, if your grades are mediocre, you shouldn't be doing this. You're going to switch. So that's what I thought. I was going to switch from computer science to English, English language studies because I mm-hmm. took a course called Harlem Renaissance, which is by far one of the greatest courses I ever took in college. Right. Overall, whether it be you know, in, in my major or out. Because of the um, the great knowledge I got, an authors like Zora Neale Hurston, uh, Claude McKay, you know, uh, you know, just um, studying the period of the uh, of the Harlem Renaissance, the twenties, and things mm-hmm. that went down uh, with black mm-hmm. folks and stuff like that. It was just an yeah. amazing course. So that the mm-hmm. um, the person who was teaching it, her name was Dr. Hicks. She was a distinguished professor. I went to, by the way, shout out to the Panthers, SUNY College of Westbury. She pulled mm-hmm. me into her office one day and she goes. She says, James, your grades um, in, in, in this major could, you know, basically be much better than computer science. Because she saw my transcript. She's like, you might want to get out of computer science. Your grades are not that good. You're struggling. She said, basically, I have contacts in Washington, D.C., in the courts, lawyers, judges. I mean, this woman was heavily connected. And wow. so the, the, my, the plan B was formulating at the time. Mm. So um, when the when the plan was formulated, I said, okay. She says, um, you know, I can get you some internships in Washington, D.C. with some judges mm-hmm. and some courts and stuff like that. And then, you know, you can, uh, you know, ultimately go to law school. Man, that sounded so good. I'm like, yeah, man, I can, <laughs> I can stop this struggling and I can, you know, you know, make a change. Maybe change is good. Mm-hmm. So, boom, plan in motion. I thought that was it. So mm-hmm. in the process, my dad was home. And now this is going to shift to a faith. This, the faith base is going to come in just for a second. Yeah, and God began to talk to him about a relative in Brooklyn. He was like, ah, "I don't want to be bothered," you know. This is from his end, and so God really got a hold of him, and he was like, "Okay, God, you know what you want me to do." So he ended up going into mm-hmm. Brooklyn 
and praying for my great aunt at the time. She passed away, I think, uh, was it last summer? But yeah, she had a back issue. So when he mm-hmm. gets there, she's like, he's like, what's going on? She's like, oh my God, my back. He prays for her mm-hmm. and her back gets, you know, she basically gets mm-hmm. healed of her back issue. So she mm-hmm. was so excited. And she was like, can you come back next week? Didn't say why. So we went to church that next week. This was like, I think this was like uh, winter, going, fall going to uh, 94. Yeah, mm-hmm. like around December 94 going into like January 95. So we get there and there was a bunch of people waiting. So my dad and like, what's going on? They're like, we were waiting. For, they, they told my father, we were waiting for you to pray. So he goes, he prays for everybody, what have you. And lo and behold, there was a cousin of mine that I heard so much about. And I could tell it was him because he looked exactly like my brother. Like his whole face, like his eyes, nose, and mouth was like, my. it's like somebody um, did like a digital print of my brother's <laughs> face on this guy. But the yeah. guy was stockier. He had gray hair. He had a full hair of hair. And he had gray hair. But I knew that was my cousin. I get introduced to this guy. And he starts asking me questions. Like, he said, what you into? I said, well, I was a computer science major, but I changed to English language studies. So I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, yeah. He was like, what you do that for? And I'm like, because my grades weren't that great. I'm struggling. He goes, um, you need to go back to computer science. I'm like, this guy's crazy. This guy <laughs> is crazy. If he saw my grades, he would, he would, he would change his mind. He said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. He said, so we had a conversation. And what he said was, if you get a, a degree in computer science or, you know, you know, like a technical discipline, he said, your earning potential with a bachelor's degree is going to be much greater mm-hmm. than getting whatever English language studies, nothing against the majors, comparative right. humanity, psychology. Cause I've seen the right. horror stories. I've seen people oh, yeah. get. I've seen people have like a 3.8 GPA in psychology and their first job out of school, they're getting like at the time, $10 an hour. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. I've seen yeah. it up close and personal. Matter of fact, I know a girl who was a computer science major. Uh, she switched to um, psychology. She got her degree. I met up with her maybe like a couple of years after she graduated. I was still at Old Westbury. I saw her. She was like, I got this job. I hate it. I think she was working with special needs people and she was getting paid like $10 an hour. In the process, she, um, I think she went to Catherine Gibbs. She right. got like this help, help this certificate and then she got a job at St. John's and her whole career and her whole life turned around, got mm-hmm. to IT and she was doing so much better. Um, mm-hmm. so for me, my cousin was like, you're going to go back to, you're going to, you're going to go back to computer science. <laughs> so, yeah. And my father's looking at me like, cause he was, he was trying to tell me the same thing. But I'm like, oh, I got this other plan B. Yeah. And my father's yeah. looking at me. I'm like, all right, dad. All right. All right. So my cousin's like, and this guy's like a um he's like a giant in the Silicon Valley area, which I found out after the fact. He was a a, a giant in the Silicon Valley area in sales and marketing. Big dog. Mm-hmm. I mean big guy. I mean mm-hmm. you say his name in the Silicon Valley area with people that's like working in these supercomputer firms, they right. gonna know the name, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. So at the time, he was getting ready to go to Johannesburg, South Africa to start up um a subsidiary uh one of their offices out there. That's how mm-hmm. he was and so Basically, he was supposed to go as part of the team, but he wasn't supposed to uh, manage the budget. He told them, right. like, yo, if I'm not if I'm not ahead of the team, I'm not going. So they had to basically, like, this, wow. this type of clout this guy had. So this guy, my cousin, was like, yo, um, so you're going to go back to computer science? And he said, look, I'm gonna, how would you like it if I got you an internship at the company I'm working for out in California? I was like... What? 
Like, mm-hmm. this is all happening so fast. At yeah, the, you yeah. Know, at this, at the family. What I'm trying to say is, and, and by the way, I, I mean, even though this is like my relative, I never met the man. I don't, I never knew right. the man. I, right. So um, the faith side of it, God is putting this all together mm-hmm. piece by piece. My dad prays for the, uh, my great aunt. She mm-hmm. goes, oh, you know, come back. I had no idea what's going on. My dad's like, you want to go to Brooklyn with me? I said, I'll go. Um, a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time, the right time. So mm-hmm. the connection can be established. And sometimes it's not formulated. Sometimes it's not a plan. Sometimes it's not your intellect with the short term, the long, the medium term, the long term plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's God and people working together for your good, good. for your situation mm-hmm. to change. That's what mm-hmm. I want to put out there for somebody. At times, um, you, you you need to be open to be in certain places. And you might not know what's what's going on, but just be open to going to certain places, fam- constructive mm-hmm. places, constructive right, environments. Being right. around people um, that's positive, that, let's just say, have a good head on their shoulders. They might have uh, positions or whatever. You never know what information you can encounter. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was just going for family gathering, you know, mm-hmm. he's in a pray, whatever, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Right. Turns out this guy was here, get ready to go to South Africa. And mm-hmm. he was at, this is his mother. He was at his mother's house, my great aunt. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking. And he was like, how would you like to go wow. to an internship in California? So not only did he tell me this advice, you're going to go back to computer science and you're going to, you're going to um, give it your all, study mm-hmm. harder and you're going to, you know, develop better study habits. He said, not only that. I'm going to give you an incentive. He said, uh, I would like to me to get you an internship in California. And, 19- right. and th- th- so that ended up happening in 1995. Now things was ha- on their end, the company end where I was going to work, they were moving a little slow. And he told them, yo, by the time, cause he was going back um, between Johannesburg, South Africa and Mountain View, California, where the company's mm-hmm. headquarters was. Mm-hmm. So he would check on me every once in a while. Like, okay, how's everything going? I'm like, Oh, you know, they haven't really, you know, sealed the deal yet. I think from what I understand, he called them up and it's like, yo, by the time I get back to Mountain View from Johannesburg, he better be there. So then they started, right. <laughs> so they, started, they, started they started picking it up. They started picking mm-hmm. up the pace. They they um they uh they got the paperwork going. Um I flew out and uh, I flew out to California, I think like June that summer. And it was a culture shock, T. It was a culture shock. Seeing California mm-hmm. plates everywhere, yeah. being in this area, palm trees. I'm like, what is this place, man? And um Great Let me place. tell you something. Great, <laughs> great experience. And um, so not only for uh, in the classroom, you get this real world experience. We had team meetings every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my assignment was to build a website for that group. And, um, you know, you would go to team meetings. You had to give status, give an update, uh, a status update to your man, the, the, uh, the team manager every week. Um, mm-hmm. I had to basically, oh, it was so funny. I learned some hard lessons. So, this one, uh, this one time, um, they're like, this one meeting, they're like, um, you're going to um, give us your plan for how you're going right. to build the website. No, oh, I had it in my head. <laughs> I had it in my you already head. had it. Mm-hmm. I had, yeah, I had it in my head, yeah. I go back the mm-hmm. next week. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what I'm going to do. They said, do you have anything written down? Can you write it? I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, I got it. I got it all up here, you know. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> my mentor called me in his office. He was like, yo, they were asking, what what's, what, what, kind of school we go to? Who, who's teaching this guy? Man, I was so mad. 
And he was like, yo, they're gonna, he said, they're going to do this type of stuff to you out in this in this business world. He said, so mm-hmm. you got to have your game tight. He right. said, go back, regroup, get your stuff together, and mm-hmm. execute. So the next time I went back to the meeting, I had my plan on paper, and I drew mm-hmm. stuff on the on, on the whiteboard. They had questions. Mm-hmm. I was able to answer them. Um, you know, uh, I was able to write the uh, the HTML code, this, that, uh-huh. the third, and uh, I got the job done. And that yeah. was very, very fulfilling. Meeting with um, high power people in the industry, going around the company and seeing um, how things work in um, in manufacturing, um, mm-hmm. in different engineering groups, how mm-hmm. uh, uh, how uh, technical support engineers take calls. Um, sitting there, not even understanding, but sitting there, right, uh, looking at these software engineers write Perl script and C plus plus in front of you, like off the whim, like boom, like. Wow. This was, these are like some of the greatest minds you're going to ever find. And here's the kicker. When you're in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. even this is like way overdressed. Like yep. they go into work in like jeans and T-shirt. You got mm-hmm. guys uh, on their skateboard, riding their skateboard to work. You got guys riding their bike. You got people mm-hmm. looking like they um they part of a, a rock band that's going to perform at Lollapalooza. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? These are the kind of people that's, in the boardroom, they're directors, they're vice presidents, they're standing in front of the yes. room doing, and these are highly intelligent people, mind you. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the times I put on like a shirt and tie, they're like, what you doing? You going to an interview? They made me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> being in business attire because that was not the culture in that company, much less the San Francisco Bay Area. It's, you could be sitting next to a multi-millionaire who looks like a bum, but mm-hmm. that's just the way it was. You mm-hmm. see? So there was a lot of things I got exposed to um, out there. In black culture, in black in, in, in the black realm, they would have what you call First Fridays every month at like different nightclubs, mm-hmm. networking, and doing yeah. different things. Um, I met with interns from NASA. I met with interns from Hewlett Packard, from Sun, from Apple. I mean, mm-hmm. the minds you meet. Um, I, 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 went, I, I interned with people from the University of Maryland, from Stanford, from... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, one guy I worked with, he went to UC Santa Clara. These are all like high level schools and people right. that, um, uh, a friend of mine, um, went to the university of Maryland, Baltimore County, which is like a, they have a powerful computer science program. Another guy, um, I met from St. Louis. He was a, a graduate school intern. He, he was going for his mm-hmm. MBA at the time. Uh, I think he went to the university of Missouri in undergrad. He was an electrical engineer. Um, he got mm-hmm. his electrical engineering degree and he was going for his MBA. So these are the right. kind of minds I was constantly around. So even when right. we was having fun, fine. These are the kind of people I was hanging around on a regular basis. So you know what that you know what that did for me? It what? leveled me up. So mm-hmm. when I came back to school, my mind was different. Even though, sure, um, I still was struggling in computer science when I went back. When I went back to take certain courses, I took twice. The second time, mm-hmm. I was ready, knocked it out. So right. whatever struggles I had. It didn't hold me back. I just came right. back more stronger, more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood certain things. I got a, I got a, um, uh, between God, encouraging my father, and hanging around the right minds, get to right. understanding the expectations of the, the teachers, and I was able to knock those things out. I'll give you a funny story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking this class called uh, Artificial Intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, it's, um, you know, conceptually, it's a, a class that teaches you how robotics work on the back end. Right. But there's no computer programming. 
and there's nothing that you would do in front of a computer. It was all on paper. Everything is theory, right. and you had to understand how things work on paper, how things, um, how how algorithms um, process. Right. I got murdered in that class the first time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So next time around, there was certain algorithms that were big on points. Mm-hmm. And I got to practicing those algorithms on paper and got mm-hmm. to understand. So go back next semester and I start knocking it out. What happens is a lot of these classes are great on curve, mm-hmm. which is very important in college for somebody to notice. Listen. And so the joke is the two big algorithms on a given test. Right. That's 50 points plus some other points you can gather. So. I'm getting like 50s and 60s on exams, but because I'm getting some of the highest grades in the class, the average is like the floor, mm-hmm. right? And I'm way above right. the average, so I'm passing the the, 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 <laughs> the, uh, the test with like Bs, B plus, whatever. Right. So then I offered my time to volunteer to tutor in these concepts that people right. need to know, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in... <laughs> so picture me. I failed this course the first time. <laughs> Now the next right. time I'm doing better, but these people don't understand this, and I'm tutoring in the same classroom. Like when the professors go home for the night, there'd be certain times I would go I'm writing the uh, algorithms on the board, and I'm explaining it to them, and I'm breaking it down. And so people ask me like, "What'd you get the last time?" Told them, "Build mm-hmm. the class." Why should we listen to you? I said, "Because if wow. you listen to me, you're gonna pass the class. <laughs> if you don't, sure. you're gonna fail the class like I did the first time." <laughs> What some of these people do, give me the hand, whatever. I'm like, and then so there's a handful of people that listen to me that end up passing the class, mm-hmm. you see? And, but basically what I want people to know is that computer science is not just programming. Mm-hmm. There's, obviously there's programming, there's data structures. I'm just throwing this out there. There's mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence, which is like robotics and stuff like that. Yep. There's software engineering, there's... um. System system design and implementation, which means mm-hmm. when you get toward the end of that journey, technically, right. as far as the, the curriculum is concerned, now you they they um they put you in a place where um you um you basically go through like a, a system development life cycle life cycle exercise. Mm-hmm. So you gather you technically gather information for a um a, um a system that you're going to program, mm-hmm. right? And the system that you program has to also have reports associated with it based on the ex, you know, the, um, the, the executable, you know? Right. So basically I try, uh, I think my, my attempt was um, when I was a senior, I tried to write what's called a video store program mm-hmm. and, you know, checking in videos, checking out videos. Let me tell you something. I asked people before I got my turn, most people said, Hey, when you, when you, when you get to system design phase, you're gonna write mm-hmm. anywhere between ten to fifteen thousand lines of code, no matter mm-hmm. what programming language you choose, and that pretty mm-hmm. much was correct. Because my, I don't have the program now. I don't know if I uh, got rid of it, or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was about anywhere between ten to fifteen thousand lines. You know, mm. um, you know, basically, um, you know, I had to basically, uh, you know, write functionality to check in video, check out video, mm-hmm. do this, you know, set up a. Um, you know, uh, what they would call a relational database with person's name, address, all this stuff, like, and all had to come together. Right. And what happens is 
what they do is when you have when you finish your program, um, this big long project. Because basically, what happens is when you take the course, they put you through things. The professor does lectures. Then you take the midterm. The midterm is um, forty percent of your grade. <laughs> so oh, if you wow. don't get a high grade, yeah. and you fail the system design presentation, you can still fail the course. Right. So that's a whole other thing. So it's it's crazy. Your mind is stressed the whole mm-hmm. time, right? Right. So this the, taking this taking this one course, like taking four courses. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like, like, like taking two courses. So I took I took the, uh, my last year, my last semester, I took two courses. It felt like I was taking four courses. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, anyway, um, what happened was, um. The professor plays a, um, a QA tester. That's that's the role he plays. He comes and he checks the what they call validation of your mm-hmm. system. So what that right. really means is, in layman's terms, is if the, the uh, if the one field in your uh, system says name, technically there's not supposed to be any numbers. Right. You're not supposed to be able to type numbers in that field. If um another field is zip code, if it's a validated field, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be able to put any letters in there. And the right. system accepts The system's not right. supposed to accept the letter for a zip code. Unless, right. I mean, U.S. This is like for a U.S. system. I know UK mm-hmm. and everybody, they, they have alphanumeric. Mm-hmm. But for a U.S.-based zip, uh, uh, um, uh, zip code, not supposed to accept any letters. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I failed the system per se, but because my grade was so high on the midterm, I passed the course. Right. I'm just throwing this out there for somebody that if you mm-hmm. really want something, don't let status quo stand in the way of you going after that thing. Don't let people say, oh, mm-hmm. well, if you don't have a 4.0, um, you shouldn't be going down that field. Or if you don't have 20 years experience, you shouldn't be going down that, that road. Right. I'm... I am living proof mm-hmm. that you can accomplish a lot of things mm-hmm. without quote unquote experience. Take it from me. Right. I know. I'm sitting here as a living witness with God mm-hmm. on your side. With God on your side, with friends that care like T, with family that supports you, with the right encounter, you can still go places. It doesn't matter what your grades look like. It don't matter what mm-hmm. your skin color look like. It don't matter what your boss say, what your professors say, what nobody say. If you mm-hmm. have um, a mind to zero in on a goal, mm-hmm. I am telling you, it is not impossible, especially with God. There's nothing impossible with God, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right now. But I'm going to say this. It is not impossible. I'm here to tell you that as a living witness. I mean, you so, heard Taryn tell, tell you some of my titles, and that's why that's important. Some of some of the titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so transitioning. So earlier when we first spoke, I, you know, one thing that was important is when you said that, you know, once your mom died, right, you know, we couldn't do the show, right, right, and and then after that, you know, I think even we spoke on the side offline and you said that you know what i had to just kind of take a break right from just different things right from from live with mr c and all you know and all the good things that you were doing so 
especially for for us as as black men and as black people, like how important is it for your mental health and for and for our emotional wellness to learn when to know to say, you know what, enough is enough and take some time for you. Well, your body tells you. <laughs> your body oh, will no. tell you. Mm-hmm. You ain't doing nothing, Jack. Now, Miss Messi, yep. but seriously. Sometime um, last year, I mean, truthfully, being transparent, I've yeah. had issues with um, high blood sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I tried to fight it naturally by doing intermittent fasting. <laughs> that backfired. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I lost I lost a lot of weight and yeah. my energy level began to suffer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm I just see sitting there like my wife be like, You but you need to go to the doctor. She was getting mad, mm-hmm. like in confidence. Like we she'd be arguing with me, and I'm just like, Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Serious get but serious. Thank God for her. <laughs> because you know, I listened to her. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you know. My 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 things wasn't working. The stuff I was trying wasn't working. I went to the doctor, got you know, got some good consultation, mm-hmm. got on the, the necessary medication, and with the help of God and me following the regiment, things began to change. My energy level began to came back. My certain levels in my blood work began to get, um, get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar and sugar levels definitely improved, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a good way, you know, dramatically and quickly. Right. And uh, I notice, <laughs> I know sometimes we as brothers are kind of hard-headed. I mean, I'm one of those guys, I don't like doctors, man. Nah, son. Nah, son. Nah. <laughs> Everything began to come back. And then, you know, recently I started going, um, you know, I don't talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but recently I started going back right. to the gym. And all mm-hmm. that stuff matters. Especially, honestly, as far as my, my uh, as far as I'm concerned, when mm-hmm. you get over 30, 35, every mm-hmm. good thing you do matters that much more mm. that much mm. more and mm-hmm. um you know uh my body was basically telling me like my mind be like you all want to do live miss t tonight and then like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yo i, I want to do all this i want to do stuff around the house yeah uh, yeah okay <laughs> you know <laughs> i think <laughs> I, I think i think like i i think one 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 sign that was like kind of telling one day mm-hmm. i'm like yeah man i'm gonna get up and this is when we started working at home with, uh, at the height of the pandemic. And I'm not saying it was mm-hmm. Corona. I'm here at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm going to get up. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to cook breakfast. I'm going to wash the dishes. I'm going to do all that stuff. <laughs> I stood up at this thing. I'm washing dishes. T, I couldn't even stand at the sink for five minutes. My wife would tell you. And next thing you know, I wash a couple of dishes, go sit down. <laughs> That's when you know you need to take break and mm-hmm. kind of gather yourself. So I was doing shows mm-hmm. and stuff, and then like it could be like three weeks, I wasn't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, your body speaks loudly, and it's just up to us to listen. I had to learn that the hard right. way. Mm-hmm. It was easy but hard. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now my mm-hmm. wife would be like, "Nah, nah, I can't listen." <laughs> but yeah, your body <laughs> speaks loudly, and we have to listen to our bodies, especially mm-hmm. and- when you you feel that energy shift. For the worst, mm-hmm. sit down. Right. Sit down. I mean, even way before, years ago, when I was working at my job, and I know we there's a lot to cover, but mm-hmm. I was working at my job, and um, um, it was, you know, this is after college and IT, whatever. I was working, actually, I was working at AMC Networks. 
uh, you know, great place to work. I was there for eight and a half years. And mm-hmm. I was um, part of their um, application support staff. One day I just woke out of the bed and I just felt my mind racing. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. I felt my mind racing a thousand miles a second. You know mm-hmm. what I did? I picked up that phone. I called my job. I said, I ain't going in today. I'm taking it. <laughs> I mean, in corporate America, they called it a mental day. But you right. need those days. When you mm-hmm. feel something is not right with you, I'm not saying you got to automatically run to the doctor. And I'm not saying you should. But what I'm saying right. is, even for yourself in, your own, in the privacy of your own home, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be like, ah, I need the day. Mm-hmm. You have to do these things in order to last. Right. You have to do, I don't care what um, concentration, what line of work you're in, if you do these things, you'll be all right. If you don't, you're going to crash. You're going to crash. And you don't, want that yep. cra- you, don't want, you don't want to feel the effects of that crash. Right, and I always, and, and I just want to ask that just simply because we we've come up in an era where it's always grind, 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 and you know can't stop, right. won't stop. You know I'm asleep when I'm dead. Right. You know like like you hear that a lot. I've heard that a lot. Down, you know you know all the time down through the years and, and, and stuff like that. And you know we don't put any kind of importance on just us as people and as human beings. Um, to kind of just take it in and, and say, you know what? I need a break. I need something. I need to just sit down or lay down. You know, um, I can't, we're just conditioned to run ourselves into the ground, you know, especially here, you know, um, in New York, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and the big cities, you know, um, cause even though California is a big state, right? It's just their whole vibe is different. They're very chill. They're very laid back, you know, but New York is all about, it's all about the grind 24 seven, 365. And mm-hmm. it don't matter what borough you're in, Brooklyn, Queens, you know what I'm saying, Bronx, Staten Island, like it Long Island, it don't matter. It's it's just the grind, grind, pound yourself, pound yourself, pound yourself. And then you look up and, and then you wonder why you're exhausted and then you get sick and then other things happen. It's like a domino effect. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, pre- mm-hmm. I appreciate you um, you know, highlighting that. So mm-hmm. um so now you've built, you know, current day, you know, you've built yourself, you've built an empire, you uh, you've built a brand. Um, you know, you know, that's cool. You know, it's fine. You know, um, you know, serious people music. Uh, you know, you, you know, you and your lovely wife, you know, serious. And, um, you, and you guys have built something, right? And built something great. You know, like you've won awards, you know, both of you, you know, you know, from the, from, from the biography, you know, to the music, the albums, you know, I mean, to the radio, right? Uh, you know, it's endless, right? Just the kind of accolades that you guys have have accumulated. But from your perspective, you know, how important really is building family legacy from your perspective? Oh, it's, it's, it's so important. Um, you know, um, we have a 12 year old son and there's legacy is not just a one aspect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual legacy is important. You know, we, mm-hmm. we we teach them that, you know, you put God first in the home. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Um, you know, uh, financial legacy is important. If you can leave something behind for your kids or set something up to right. leave something behind, right. that's important as well. That's that's very mm-hmm. important. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about those things, you know, as, as often as we possibly can when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, 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 uh, we, we talk about um, the fundamentals of what it takes to be successful to him, to our son. You know, right. one t- a matter of fact, one time we were sitting down talking and um, <laughs> Sirius had him look up things about um, the habits of a multi 
billionaire or a, a wealthy mm -hmm. person. All right. That's good. And mm -hmm. he began to read it off. And mm -hmm. one of them was, um, they get up early. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he read oh, that man. one, I was like, can you read that again? <laughs> <laughs> they get up. And, and matter of fact, Steve Harvey has like a, um, and it's, a lot of people probably seen the video. He has a, uh, um, a there's like a, a video that I guess he was um, talking to an audience of the Steve Harvey show in between a commercial break. Yeah. And he was like, if you, he said, if you want to be um, successful in LA, ain't no such thing as getting up at eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Ain't no such thing as sleeping for eight hours. I was crying. He said, you mm -hmm. got to get, you know, I can't say everything he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Up in the morning. You can't yeah, get up at yeah. nine o'clock. He said, by the time you get up, he said, all the, all the, um, the, the movers and shakers in this country that make decisions on your behalf, it's too late. They done made the decisions already. He said, you got to get right. up in the morning. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. Um, when you're building something, um, like for example, when we when we started um, when we started the Yes Hour, it wasn't a station yet; it was just a show. And yep. um, my wife started doing a show with a brother by the name of uh, Lenny Moore, aka Mr. Elder Hood's producer, based in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. They started doing the show, and sometimes she would be looking over um, audio clips, and sometimes she would um, have issues with like losing audio clips within the uh, the suites that. You know, you're trying to edit in. I was getting up a lot of times three o'clock in the morning to troubleshoot, to mm -hmm. look into things, to mm -hmm. edit, things like that. Late night. I know a lot of times mm -hmm. when you get established, that don't happen. But when you're building something, oh, yeah. It does. Sleepless mm -hmm. night ain't the word. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're sleeping, you got to get up in the middle of the night yeah. to basically improve your skills, to do certain things. And you spend it's hours doing it. And like that. It's your huh? baby. You do the same thing. I say that. <laughs> That's your baby, right? You know, because yeah. you're building it from a, you know, you're building it from something that's so small, and you know, until yeah. it can manage on its own, right? You know, right. it's the same type right. of concept, you know. So you're gonna, there's gonna be sleepless nights, you know. There's gonna be times mm -hmm. your business is gonna be crying, and you're gonna have to be up doing those things, right. you know, for the business. You know, I mean, people don't really understand right. that though. But yeah, go ahead. right, right. So um, that was the beginning stages, and for me, I wasn't even doing radio yet. I was just like the background, you know, like offline mm -hmm. stuff. I, like so, basically, when um, um when the Yes Hour kicked off, they were doing it on Sunday mornings on um, One Caribbean Radio when they were in business in Brooklyn, New York at Restoration Plaza. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you QC about listening to it on the radio, make sure the um uh this the uh, the show kicks off on time and all that stuff like that. And then eventually, mm -hmm. um, I contacted my alma mater, SUNY College of Westbury, mm -hmm. to get on there, and we got on there. And they they like normal radio no normal radio for college radio is two hours, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it sounds like a long time. But when you have a team of co-hosts and you mm -hmm. have a group, especially let me tell you something: two hours flies by like five minutes. I'm a witness because mm -hmm. you know. And so my job at the time, I I, I checked the boards, make sure the um the levels are working, check, make sure the mics are working. Um, the suite that they run the promos in, make sure that the functionality, because you know, there's certain um, guidelines you have to adhere to. College radio is a great place to start learning the mm -hmm. trade, the, uh, the craft. Right. Um, because you learn about a lot of things when it comes to, um, you know, um, uh, log, lo you know, lo logging songs to report them to, you know, the governing bodies of music and stuff. You learn everything right. doing college radio. So even if you're not in college and you're an mm -hmm. adult, and you want to do radio and you have the time, 
consider doing college radio because that will pay dividends to in, uh, in, uh, increase uh, you know increase your knowledge and basically get your pr- certain practices down pat. Mm-hmm. As, you know, Dope. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Dope. Um, so what would you say, you know, as far as, because you've been in IT, you know, 20 years there, like you're, you're, you're thriving in that field. And then also you're doing music, you know, you, you build a business, right? So what would you say, like, how important is it to operate in your purpose? Because it seems like everything that you're doing in your life, is geared towards your purpose, whether and that's family, that's business, right? Like your business, it seems like that's something that you're passionate about, right? And so, yeah, like, how, right? So, how would you say, like, what would you say to somebody who's saying, you know what, I don't really know what my passion is, I don't know what my purpose is, you know what I'm saying? So, how would you, like, what would you tell somebody on how to operate in your purpose and passion? Okay. The first most important purpose. And this is, um, and I know that not everybody that's listening is Christian, but I have to go by, you know, my Christian um, foundation. Right. And it's biblical. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you do as a man, and I'm speaking to men right now, is you make sure you stand as a man taking care of your house. Mm-hmm. Because even in the, in the, in the word of God, um, we look at preachers, but preachers are held to a high level of accountability because the Bible says, if you can't run your house, you shouldn't even be preaching the gospel or leading a church. Right. I'm just going to start there. So right. that trickles down to everything else. If you can't run your house as a man, then forget about chasing your passion and what you love to do. Your house needs to be running first like a well oil machine. You need to mm-hmm. be paying your bill. You need to be making money. You need mm-hmm. to be making sure that your children are in check. Maybe that they're doing mm-hmm. their homework. Maybe that, um, you know, um, everything else, you know, they be, you know, their behavior. You need to be, uh, you know, basically, um, how can I say, grooming that as well. Mm-hmm. Everything that uh, that's concerned concerning your house, that needs to be running like a well oil machine. And then once that's mm-hmm. running like a well oil machine, then you can, you know, consider your passion, what you love to do, anything else, mm-hmm. a hobby or something, your your passion and your other purposes. But your mm-hmm. household absolutely must come first. God, mm-hmm. house, the passion. That's just so. Put that in. So you come. So that's that's from a a, a, a married man's perspective, right? But yeah. what if somebody's twenty, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five? They don't no kids, no wife, okay. but they're trying to okay. build, right? You know, okay. like where, like, like where, <clears throat> excuse me, like where would you tell them to start? You know, because there's there's a lot of young men out there, bright young men that's that maybe just doesn't know it, and they say, I, mean, I really don't know where to start, or I want to do this. But maybe I'm afraid to do it. You know, like, 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 what would you say to somebody like that? Okay. So somebody that's single. Um, yeah. I'm going to start with the foundation again. You know, mm-hmm. um, what's your passion and, and um, what you want to do in life as far as, honestly, because we all have to live. So yeah. what do you, first of all, what do you love to do? If you're in college and you don't have to work, let's just say your parents are paying your tuition. Then I think that's probably one of uh, uh, an exception where you can say, okay, you know what? I don't have to worry about um, working, work study. I'm just, I, I just worry about going to school. I think that's where that's the best scenario for passions mm-hmm. to start churning and start being developed. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, okay, what right. do I love to do? Do I love computers? Do I love music? And then mm-hmm. you find out what you love, and then you get with people, honestly, who who know more than you in that right. area, and then they can start mm-hmm. mentoring you 
and, and, mm -hmm. and lifting you off. Remember, I just said it before. I wasn't always doing radio. My wife mm -hmm. is the one who's educated in TV and radio. She went to Brooklyn College, got a TV radio degree, um, mm -hmm. uh, undergrad, and then she went to Columbia. She doesn't talk about it, but I'm going to say it. She went to Columbia University's mm -hmm. uh, J School, they call it, grad graduate nice. school of journalism. And she yep. got her master's in, uh, you know, she got the MSJ. And um, she's been in media for, you know, I think like two decades. So mm -hmm. basically, I learned a lot about what I know about radio from her. And then certain things, you know, I put my own spin on it. But the basics, yeah, yeah. the foundation between her mm -hmm. and doing college radio. And honestly, um, shout out to um, Pastor Nicole B. Simpson out in, um, in New Jersey. She's a pastor. But she's also a co-host. I should I say she hosts a radio show on um, Rutgers University's uh, WRSJ Radio. I mm -hmm. think she does like a Sunday night show. Mm -hmm. My wife and this woman, I can say wholeheartedly responsible for me being on radio. When I walked into that um, that studio at Rutgers University, it was one Sunday night. My wife was being interviewed. I looked around. I'm like, this is something I really want to do. It just hit me. Dope. It hit me. I think mm -hmm. we met like. I think my son was a, ba a little baby. We must have met like anywhere between 10 to 12 years ago. I met that, um, that sister I'm talking about. Wow. And it mm -hmm. really hit me like, I can really see myself doing this. And mm -hmm. um, so the baby steps began to happen with me doing what they call trial shows, like checking stuff out in the, in the offline studios on, um, at mm -hmm. Old Westbury when, when we was there. And that's when I began to hone my craft. She got busy. Oh, I can't be at the studio today. Can you fill in for me? This is where it really began, like 2000. Mm -hmm. 10 2011 that's when it really began on on, on, mm -hmm. the, on the yes our radio show platform it wasn't the station yet right and mm -hmm. that's when slowly i began to be part of the on-air talent for the crew mm -hmm. and then um we were still doing shows we got syndicated um we got um we got picked up by it was kind of funny because a friend of mine i worked with at cablevision i'm jumping all over the place i know he actually owns an internet radio station. He moved down to Atlanta for a bit. And mm -hmm. I called him up, and it turned out this guy <laughs> I know was the owner of the station. And he took our <laughs> show on for about a year or so. So we got syndicated on that station, and I was doing the Sunday night edition of the Yes Hour on that station in Atlanta while wow. the team was doing the Saturday edition, the two-hour mm -hmm. version at SUNY College of Old Westbury. So we did that for about two years. Wow. And mm -hmm. then God um, led us um, in around 2013 to start Yes Hour Radio, the Positive Voice in New York. So yeah. it became a 24-hour internet station at that point. And mm -hmm. at that point, Live with Mr. C was born because my wife knows how to coin and conceptualize shows. She's the master at that show. I'm not even a shit yeah. Satan. Put my <laughs> she, wife she's out there and to, to the cooler. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. You know, I know I know how I get on her last nerve, but I will tell anybody in the world she got some cool skills and some just some cool talents, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we talk, we mm -hmm. try to conceptualize the show, and you know, I'm saying some terrible names, and she just spit it out like Live with Mr. C. I'm like, we going with that. <laughs> so oh, Live with so, Mr. C was born. So that's from oh, so that, was, that was from her. Oh, so yeah, that's she coined what... her. She conceptualized uh... yeah, she she conceptualized the title of the show. Yes. She's from, right? she from Brooklyn, yeah, right? She's from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Mr. C thing, she wanted a new Mr. C, that's why. She wanted no, a new no, Mr. C. No, she, 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 no, no, you know, she was like, I don't no, want no, that guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, here's, here's what really, now, now, based on Mr. C now, there's a lot of my friends that would actually call me Mr. C. 
And yeah, of Trump. course, yeah, yeah. And that's where that came from. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I wasn't trying to uh-huh. bite Mr. C from like Big Daddy Kane, no. Mr. C, or no, 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 no. Yeah, bite even, I, I wasn't even know about that. that <laughs> I just go. And by the way, uh, uh, Tepsa eighty eight. Oh, that, is she saying what's up to you or what's up to me? Either way, what's up? What's going on? Shout it, out to you. Yeah, not yeah, not my boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, my bad. You know, I shut up. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that that yeah. So Mr. C was somewhat some uh, something that even a lot of people call me CJ C, mm-hmm. Mr. C, and so that part was that's where that came mm-hmm. from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some people are like, oh yeah, you trying to bite on Mr. C? Like, nah. I, I was, you know, he, much respect to him. And yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't even spell out. We don't even spell out tags the same. He spells it. I know, Mister M I S T E R C E E. I don't spell yeah. my name that way. Yeah, no, I so, know. Nah, yeah. I just was joking because I I know she's from Brooklyn and 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 so is Mr. C. Uh, so I just was joking about that. Oh man, um, uh-huh. nah, man, but that's a dope story. I didn't even know that 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 she coined the term like you know live with Mr. C. I mean that's that's super yeah. dope. Shout out to Sirius. She's a dope rapper too. Um, yep. dope artist and, and has a dope platform of her own. You gotta check her out though. A serious voice. Um, oh, yeah. you know, so oh, yeah, and so, so serious.net. Check her site out. So yeah, serious.net yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and, and her incredible single that's out too. That's so important to the culture. Um, okay. so entrepreneurship. Um, we got a couple minutes. So entrepreneurship versus nine to five, you know, like you know, people, you know, people kind of make it like a like a one versus the other type of thing, right? Instead of having both, right? Because you can have both. Uh, but but normally, the, the nine-to-fivers are, are like, ah, against entrepreneurship. And then the entrepreneurship is like, ah, like, you shouldn't have a nine-to-five. You should build your own. But it's like, you know, people like you and myself, like, we're like, we're doing both. And you've been doing it longer than me, you know? Um, and you've been successful at creating, like, your brands, building your brand, as well as being in, in the IT field for 20-something years. Um so when it comes to this thing about entrepreneurship versus nine to five, man, what's your thoughts on that? I'm I'm in agreement with you 100%. I believe you can have both. And I think yeah. people get entrepreneurship mixed up. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say mixed up. They, they, they misunderstand the word entrepreneurship. They're thinking, well, in order to um, be an entrepreneur, I got to be making millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands or thousands. And that's, and, and that's, and that's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur means you have the spirit of doing business. You have the spirit yeah. of going out there and creating opportunities outside of the nine to five while you're mm-hmm. not on the clock. Once you get right. off the clock, you become that business person. You become that, you know, you know, con- mm-hmm. consultant because you can do the consultation gigs and stuff from five o'clock till four o'clock in the morning before you, right. <laughs> before you go to work the next day. Um, Thanks. But yeah, it's, it's extremely possible to have both. And it's important to have both because uh, truthfully, but you know, obviously, what a lot of the big time business people ain't gonna tell you is there's um, benefits of tax breaks, and of course, even yes. if you are still working, you can still benefit from the tax breaks of having a business, um, even if you're not doing it full time. So, mm-hmm. I would say it might even be better in a lot of cases to have both instead of just trying yeah. to do one or the other. Yeah, and and also you can, and then you can actually fund. Your your business, you know, of course, pay your bills, but you can actually fund your yeah. business instead of just trying to do everything from scratch, you know, which is hard to do. And some people do it, and you know, God bless them. But you know, it's just more so like, yo, if I can dump money that I that I'm earning into my own, that kind of feels good to me. You know, paying your bills is one thing, but when you're paying yourself to invest in you, I mean, what better feeling is there, you know, than that? Um, yep. You know, some and, and sometimes you know that's really working smarter you know um mm-hmm. and not harder 
Um, exactly. and, and there's nothing wrong with building from scratch, you know, but it's actually the same thing like, when you think about it, whether you, if you have a nine to five or you don't, you're still building your business from the ground up. And, and exactly. the last thing I'll say about that is truthfully, if you're looking to start a business, a LLC or whatever the case is, it's not expensive. You don't, you don't, you don't need a, a, a millions of, of dollars. You know, if you could sacrifice one vacation, you can start your LLC. Or if, if, if you don't go on vacation and if you eat fast food every day in Manhattan or you get lunches, you're buying your lunches, if you sacrifice a couple months, just you maybe just cook, cook, cooking at home, you can open your LLC. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're telling, you're like telling, you tell telling nothing but the truth. It depends yeah. on the state. Now, uh, certain states, you might, you know, you, you, you say, you say, okay, you know what? I have to, um, I have to sacrifice a couple of dinners and movies for the month. Mm-hmm. A couple yep. of, uh, depending on another state might be like, Hey, you know what? Dang, I might, have to, I might have to, uh, sacrifice a getaway weekend, but you can do it. Yeah. That's you what I'm saying. It. You can do it if you want to. And let's just say at the bare minimum, you, you, uh, 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 you say, Hey, look, I can't afford an LLC. Let's just say. You can do a DBA. Go to your local court, go to the local town court, and get your and get your certificate. It'll cost you maybe a hundred dollars, maybe a hundred dollars. It might be even less. So you can start somewhere until you want to get to your LLC or whatever or whatever type of business that that you want to open up. Um, but uh, listen, man, we don't we only have a couple minutes, literally a couple minutes left. Uh, one, I just want to thank you again for spreading this knowledge out, out, out here for the, for the people, for my audience and your audience, um, for opening up a different side of you that people maybe not, they don't know. Um, I, definitely appreci- <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. So if, um, if you want, tell people where, uh, where they can find you, what's next for you, when is your show, where they can tune in, you know, and go from there. Oh, wow. Um, just follow me uh, right here on uh, Instagram, MRC underscore live, also Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, definitely a few platforms I'm on around the country as far as internet radio. I'm on uh, mm-hmm. Yes Out Radio. I'm pretty much on there daily, probably like 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm, uh, the newest platform I'm on right now is uh, it's called uh, 520 Collective. Um, mm-hmm. They're based in Missouri. I'm on their internet radio station Sunday afternoons at 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, like I said, I'm on a number of different stations, but, uh, I just wanted to mention those couple. Um, I believe, uh, in Texas, I'm on, uh, Sentertainment Radio in Dallas. I believe mm-hmm. Fridays at, uh, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so just to, to mention a couple. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm on, a, I'm, a, a, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, uh, shout out to, uh, the Spin Awards. I was, uh, you know, uh, radio announcer of the year in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it took me five years yep. to win my first award. That's another thing I want to say. Stay the course because it might take time, but great things will happen. Um, you know, when you, wow. when you stay, stay the course. I mean, and on that note, I mean, this really doesn't know to say, man. Listen, thank you. I appreciate you, brother, always, man. Thank you, uh, again for doing this. Uh, you didn't have to, man. We honor you, man. Definitely, man. Today and forever, man. Thank you, bro. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. I, I, you know, pleasure. I wouldn't do it for anybody else, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, appreciate you, man. Listen, we'll talk soon, all right, bro? Absolutely. All right, Always. man. Peace. All right. All right, y'all. I am out. Thank you for tuning in. Conversations of the heart. Don't forget to go vote. Man, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'll see y'all next time, next week. Peace.